The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right, Dennis Haskins, a.k.a. Mr. Belding, the principal of Bayside High from Saved by the Bell, brings his memories of Zach Morris and the gang, including Screech. What? That's my Screech imitation. What? He's coming to talk as Jericho today. He is one of the most legitimately nice guys I've ever met. Like, you say, oh, that guy's a nice guy. He's really a nice guy, like a sweetheart of a guy. Big wrestling fan, always at the shows. I used to think he was a little bit of a stalker. I just found out he was just a legitimately big fan and a good dude. Also, a big music fan who got his start managing bands including the Allman Brothers can you imagine Mr. Belding uh, managing the Allman Brothers in the 70s Woo, psychedelic are you ready I'm ready you know why you know I'm ready I did DDP yoga feeling good no pain today DDP yoga's kept me in the ring and I'm coming back to the WWE for the Y2J WWE fall tour all of the dates are going to be uh, given to you a little bit later on in the show. Plus, uh, Fozzie, we've been killing it. We killed it in Kitchener last week, coming up from Montreal and Hamilton. All these good things happening due to Diamond Dallas Page and his DDP Yoga program. Amazing fitness program designed to work for anyone, no matter your age or fitness level. Hundreds of thousands of people just like you who want to live a healthier life are doing DDP Yoga. It really is a great option for anyone trying to get in shape. It's also a great option if you're already in shape and just trying to maintain. DDP makes it easy he's got it all covered especially if you get the max pack you get all the workouts on dvd you get a grid chart to track your progress you get a poster to help you remember the 12 core positions of ddp yoga you get recipes you can get on a healthy eating plan you get all the workouts on mp3 so you can exercise on the go you do ddp yoga wherever you are whenever you want that's what i do i do it backstage i do it in dressing rooms i do it in the tour bus i do it on the set of tough enough like i did today i just throw it on a towel and get going and i go at my own pace all right ddp he's got beginner workouts intermediate workouts and advanced workouts you start where you're comfortable and move up when you're ready that's what ddp says he says you do things on your own time your own way i want you to go to ddpyoga.com slash jericho take advantage of a special offer only available to all you guys that's ddpyoga.com slash jericho this is offer not going to last forever i want you to go to ddpyoga.com slash jericho take advantage of it now i want you to get in the best shape of your life and ddp yoga can help you get there go try it now Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And today's episode is being brought to you by Burger King Breakfast. Yeah, that's right. Plus, the remedy for boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here. Let's go for a ride, and we're going to talk about Tough Enough. Uh, new judge this week was The Miz, uh, replacing Hulk Hogan. And I think that the show has a lot more energy now than it had before. I think that... Um, the past two weeks, the show's really hit its stride. Uh, this week, Mata goes home. If you haven't watched it yet, uh, it's not really a spoiler because it's been on TV for a few hours now. And I think that Mata, and just much like Patrick last week, was just caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. But man, what a lot of drama that happened. I think Mata's promo that he cut uh, during his final plea was unbelievable, showed such passion. He really wants this. Uh, same way that Patrick did, too. I think we're going to see both of those guys again because they're both both amazing, amazing, uh, passionate guys. 
you know, and it's not to say the people that are left are not passionate as well. I think, you know, once again, America votes. It's up to you to decide who stays and who goes. Miz, of course, makes the save with Amanda. But, I mean, you know, I know they're like, oh, how can Miz say that he saved because she's hot? Well, I mean, he thinks she's hot. He thinks he's hot, obviously. But he thinks that she's a pretty girl. So, I mean, that's how it goes. You know, it was Miz's choice. And he has no more saves left. I wish he would have used it to save Patrick, maybe, or maybe to save Mata. But he chose Amanda. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. She's a very pretty girl. And now we actually have established almost a heel on the show. The show's really starting to come together with the final contestants. I mean, a lot of flack dumped upon Zizi because, you know, he's lazy and all this sort of thing. But he's still, I think he's trying to get better. He didn't finish last so we applaud him for not finishing last, I guess. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is the beauty of a reality show is that you get into it and you want to see who wins and who stays and who goes. And if someone goes home that you didn't want to go home, well, that's on you. You have to vote. And even if you did vote for them and the judges make a save, the judges are just one person. You decide who gets the top amount of votes. And even if a save is made, guess what? Mata went home when the save was made on Amanda, not Zizi. People like Zizi. So if there's somebody that you like on this show that you want them to stay, you have to vote. I remember when I was on Dancing with the Stars, they kept putting me in the bottom three every week because they thought I should be getting better votes. Even when I was killing it on the show, uh, three out of my six dances I thought I did great at, they were still like, you can't. You know, uh, you're in the bottom three and it just kills your buzz. But once again, it got people more involved in what I was doing and it probably kept me on the show a few more weeks. I, I could have lasted a couple more weeks longer, but that's another story. But I think this week, once again, ZZ shows he has a fan base. and I think he's starting to understand that I got to do more. You know, after the show, I was like, don't give these guys any ammunition. Don't eat burritos. Don't eat peanut butter sandwiches. I just don't think he understands that. I don't think he's ever been involved in anything like this before where he actually had to go out and do all of these things and all of this physical activity. And even though he is improving, he's still not improving as fast as some of the guys are. I mean, Josh is killing it. I think he's doing great. Tanner, always doing great at the physical challenges. Still needs more personality. He needs to to harness that personality of his the girls okay amanda's in the bottom three people are angry at that Gigi, uh, she's still a pretty good athlete maybe needs to show us more same with sarah same with chelsea it's such a crapshoot right now for me who's going to win the show but it's so intriguing and so exciting i'm really glad uh that we've we've harnessed the energy of this show and i think miz adds to that sorry to see hulk hogan go but i think in the long run miz might not have not have the tenure that hulk has but he has more personality in the sound bites, maybe a little bit more passion. Hulk's a very laid back guy. And if you want me to comment on the Hulk situation, I'm not going to. Uh, it, it's a rough situation for everybody. All I know is that Hulk has always been a nice guy to me, and I've seen him uh, sign hundreds and hundreds of autographs for kids waiting for an airplane. I was there standing next to him. Doesn't excuse what he said. I'm not. I'm not saying anything about that i'm just saying i think he's got a good heart and maybe was caught in the wrong place saying things that he shouldn't have said but all you can say is is that i hope hulk rebounds and comes back from this and hope digs down deep inside and and, and finds out what kind of a person he really is and, and i think you know if he can do that then um people will get a chance to see the real hulk and terrible terrible situation and you know hulk should not have put himself in that position like I said, man, it's a tough thing. A lot of times friends do things that you wish they hadn't have done, but you don't abandon them completely. So hopefully that doesn't make uh, a lot of people get mad at me, but I'm just saying what I feel, and I'm saying what I feel about Tough Enough that I'm really excited that Miz is involved. Byron Saxton taking over Tough Talk. A lot of people uh, like, we want the Miz or we want this. Listen, enjoy the shows and have a good time with what we are giving you. Everybody is working hard to give you the best entertainment that we can. And I'm working hard, too, for you guys uh, with the WWE because I've got uh, a few dates left on the Y2J Summer Tour, which is um, San Diego this Friday. Then Saturday is Ontario, California. Sunday's Fresno, California. Then we got, uh, I believe it's uh, Detroit on the 15th, Bridgeport on the 22nd. Then it's Puerto Rico on the 29th, Tallahassee on the 30th. And then the Y2J Summer Tour is done. But guess what? The Y2J Fall Tour continues. That's right. Just for you guys, September and October coming back for, let's see, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 gigs. Are you ready? Here they go. These are the only gigs I'm going to appear on. No televisions, just live events. 
September 11th, Edmonton. September 12th, Calgary. September 25th, Toronto. So a little bit of uh, Canadian touring there. September 26th, Rochester, New York. September 27th, Syracuse, New York. October 2nd, Trenton, New Jersey. October 3rd, Madison Square Garden, which is my 25th anniversary in the wrestling business. I technically had my first match October 2nd, 1990. But October 3rd, I'm going to say it's my 25th year anniversary. It's close enough. Can you imagine 25 years going from Pinoca, Alberta, the Pinoca Moose Hall, to uh, Madison Square Garden 25 years later? That's right. October 4th in Worcester, Massachusetts. October 10th, St. Louis. October 11th, Bloomington, Illinois. And then heading over to Mexico, Mexico. October 16th, 17th, 18th, Merida, Mexico City, and Monterey. And that is it. Three countries coming to you live uh so i'm excited to make the uh y2j fall tour continue remember just those live shows if you want to see chris jericho come see me there okay thank you so much for joining me we're going to get principal belding dennis haskins is going to be on the show uh from saved by the bell mr belding everyone loved it I remember screech who uh, how do I pick up a girl? Well, Screech, tell her she looks like a movie star. I tried. I told her she looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so that's my <laughs> Screech invitation. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, so uh, sitting across from me is Mr. Dennis Haskins. But you still, everyone calls you Mr. Belding. I'm down with that, man. I mean, that's kind of your name. You, you know, I'm a big fan of a lot of people, as you know. And, right. And when I, when I was a kid growing up, I would be awestruck or scared to talk to somebody. And, and I had somebody say, look, you can run from this character or you can embrace it. And when I see somebody recognize me or want to come over, I remember how I felt. Uh-huh. You know, and I, and I try to embrace that because you can crush some people. You know, they get up the nerve to come say hi. You go, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. Or, I, no, that's not me. I get a lot of love, Chris. Well, you know, it's funny because you're talking about, like, as an actor. And it always made me laugh, like, you would hear certain people don't want to talk about, know. you know, uh, I think, like, one is, like, maybe Aaron Moran, Joni from Happy Days. I mean, that's oh. an iconic character. Yeah, she you know, had kind of a rough life. Yeah, but she doesn't want to talk about that. Mm. Or I'm just using her as an example. You were lucky enough to have a role that people will never forget. Amazing. And whether you have 100 other roles or no other roles, this one will They'll stick remember. forever. I know. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's kind of a cool thing that yeah. you have embraced it's that. It's a very cool thing. First time somebody called me an icon, I was like, what? What? <laughs> Put them up. You know? uh, and I, but it's, it's amazing. You know, I, I was doing a musical. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. It'll take forever. But... Doing a musical where somebody uh, told me there was a role available on a show called Good Morning, Miss Bliss. They'd been looking for a black man of about 50, and they hadn't found somebody they liked. So they opened it up. And what I year is this? This is 1988. So you're already a working actor. Yeah. Well, yeah, guest star work, this and Trying that. to get into the biz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, um, the, I called my manager and said, hey, there's this role for a principal. She goes, Dennis, you're not black and you're not 50. And I went, ah! <laughs> they changed their mind. So long story short, I got an audition. And I go in and I'm and I and I get I'm getting called back and called back. Chris, five callbacks. And then you go to the network. And that's supposed to be it, man. You're either going to get it or you're not. And there was two of us. And I just knew I could have done better. And I, I went out to the, the uh, payphone at the NBC in Burbank right outside in the, where – Leno used to do the concerts and all that in the midway. And I called my manager again. And I said, uh, you know, you got to get me back in there. And she goes, you know, sometimes you just got to let things go. And I hung up on her. Hmm. And I called the executive producer. I was de- I was not giving up on this, so I played every card. So you felt that your original audition just didn't cut it? I, 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 there was a glare in the back of the room, and I felt a little off. And I, I thought I did okay, but I knew I could do better. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't want to give up. 
You know how that is. Sure. Come on. I, I, was was the other guy black and fifty? No. Okay, so they no. changed it. They, no, went... they had changed the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, they had changed the whole thing. I don't know why they changed their minds, but that's a character breakdown. You know, that's right, and that's how. That's, yeah, that's, sure. Kind of how it goes. That's you know what they have originally in mind when they write exactly the part. Exactly right. But then they kind of morph it. So I called the executive producer, and his nickname was the Offendi. You know, like in Egypt, they fan you with the fans and stuff. And I went. I got on the phone. I said, Offendi, how did I do it? He goes, You did great. We're going to bring you back. I later found out that's when he decided to bring me back because he was the one vote against me coming back hmm. in the room. And uh, Haley Mills came in, and long story short, I got the job. Haley Mills was Miss Bliss. Ah. And Brandon Tartikoff had had a teacher when he was a kid named Miss Bliss. So this was the original version of Saved by the Bell was called Good, Good Morning, well, Miss it's, Bliss? It's kind of it's kind of two different worlds that merge in a weird, odd way because Miss Bliss was a separate show. Saved by the Bell is a separate show, but NBC bought the rights to the characters, Zach, Screech, uh, Lisa, and Mr. Belding, and created a new show. Mm-hmm. But So that's why everybody gets confused. Why was it in Indiana at a junior high school or middle school, and then it's in high school? Because they didn't think they were going to use any of the Miss Blisses. They thought, well, right, now we've got Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. And then once it hit, they, they just repackaged the Miss Blisses and called them Saved by the Bell. So what network was this on originally? NBC. Was it uh, uh, the Miss Bliss was Disney? Okay, yeah, this is very funny. So the Disney people are coming around, and this guy says to me, "They're all." I've never been on a series. I didn't know about swag. I didn't know what all this stuff was. And uh, the guy says, "Hey, I'm going to get you a gold card." And I went, "Oh, okay." Uh, you know, and uh, one day the Disney people stopped coming because they had decided not to do the show anymore. I later found out a gold card is for the rest of your life. Everything at Disneyland, anything you want, anywhere you want to go. Free. <laughs> so, did you never got it? I know, no, I never got it. You know, but. It's like it's like getting a green card. Yeah, kind of. Oh yeah, because being, yeah, being Canadian. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, 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 so that's why I got the job, right? And and then the first year we do the show, well, say by the bell, people are discovering it a little bit. They like it a little bit, and Brandon decides to do a couple more, but it never was. I mean, we had four rap parties. Hmm. We were like, you know. Okay, thanks. It was fun. We didn't have a, a, a four-year deal or a five-year deal. Let's do 20. Night, or we did, we did uh, seven plus 13. Mm-hmm. So seven, you're guaranteed to do seven. And then they go, okay, we're picking up the option. They have 13 more. All right, see ya. And they go, hey, let's do some more. <laughs> you know? So you never actually had, we never the, had the, uh, no. the, 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 the fallback and of having the When it went on TBS in the afternoons, it blew up. So originally it was on NBC. Was it at one on Saturday morning? Saturday morning. Yeah. Okay. See, it's like Triple A ball. <laughs> you know sports better than anybody. Right. So it, people look at us like we're the major leagues because the syndication went worldwide, went to eighty-seven countries. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. But we got paid like it was Triple A. Now I'm very, very grateful. I'm not upset about sure, anything. Sure, of course. Not upset about anything. About it. But uh, it looks like we could have been. But all these shows that we did, we I've done over two hundred and forty-seven episodes. Of all the Saved by the Bells, and I'm still looking for work, you know. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. okay. I'm blessed in a lot of ways. But it, it's it was triple A as opposed to the bigs. So even though it goes in syndication, you never got a cut of the syndication. I got a little rights. bit. Got a little bit. Right. So yeah. you get you still get like a quarterly check or whatever I, from. I got a check the other day for several hundred shows for like I don't know a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> but every episode will run over two hundred, three hundred times. It's unbelievable. Like, well, what an amazing thing! But that's what, what I mean. Like, what, what, what makes that show so endearing? I could ask you why you like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's personal to everybody. It's it's uh, it's a bunch of firsts. I remember being in high school and being scared that I would do the wrong thing, walk the wrong way, get, talk to the pretty girl, and she shut me down. All those firsts you do when when you. You uh, do something to your best friend, you hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. Or when you ask out the cheerleader and she ends up going out with somebody else. Or if you have the courage to ask out the cheerleader, maybe you're not even in that group or, or whatever. It was about first. The first time uh, you want to go to the prom, but your dad lost his job, so he couldn't go. Mm-hmm. So all these kids are watching. But it was also a comedy. So there was a lesson in every episode, but it was fun to get there. Nine or 2 and 0 was heavier. Well, it's it's universal too. Even yeah. though it was in the late basic eighties, right early nineties, but like you said, yeah, basic right and wrong, and also the high school experience. We were just on the Tonight Show. 
I know. I was, I was going to mention No, I'm just saying, there. 25 years later, it's still current. Well, because Jimmy Fallon's a big fan. He loves the show. And then, you know. 30 million 30 hits. million hits on YouTube. <sighs> so so let, let's, let's, you know, right. we can go back to, to talking about. But, but well, actually, what I was going to say before I'm we sorry, talk about I the Fallon here. thing. I go all It's the all right, dude. This is what we do. Yeah, this yeah. But I remember when I was a kid, I'd come home from school and Leave It to Beaver was on. And this I, is from... I know, I know Jerry Mathers. I'm the same way. I love but, Jerry Mathers. But my point was, this was in the early 80s. Yeah. And you're looking at a show from the 50s. But even though it's in black and white, yeah, and they're wearing the weird clothes and weird hair, yeah. the, the themes... And the value is the same. You're yeah. a little kid, and you know right. you, you, you break a window, but don't want to tell your mom. Same thing with Saved by the Bell. You know, you go to <laughs> high school. The principal comes. You got to hide. You're trying to get a date. That is universal, no matter what decade it's yeah. in. You know, what one I mean? of the great things about my character um, is that they had fun with him. And Mr. Belding was kind of was goofy. You know, mm-hmm. he, he he was cracking up all the time. But we had a rule. You can you can do whatever you want with Mr. Belding on Wednesday, but on Thursday he still has to be the principal. Because how do you mean Wednesday? If you go to, uh, we, I'm just we we would rehearse five days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if if we shot a scene where Mr. Belding was so crazy that you wouldn't respect him anymore, mm-hmm. then you lost something. Right, you lost a big deal because he always watched out for the kids, mm-hmm. and you have to have that authority figure that cares, but also was fun, you know, because it was a comedy. You know, so. But like you said, it's still the authority figure, which is it, yeah. it's actually. I know Crazy. You're, you're a big wrestling fan as well. Oh yeah, that was always the rule with a with a pro wrestling referee, is oh, that you can okay. push him and 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 you know do things behind his back, but he still has to be the authority. If you go in his face and do something dastardly where he sees it, he has to end the match, or else yeah. what's the point of having him? Yeah. And it's like you know if Belding yeah. comes That's in a and really they. Good example. Yeah, they pour a glass of water down your crotch and laugh at you. You don't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Suddenly, you have no authority. Yeah. What's you know? the What's the ref's name? The short, short with blonde hair been there. Charles Robinson. Oh, Charles. Did you see the the tweet JBL put out on him on the NBA? I'm uh, not even a co- NCAA tournament. No, what did he do? Well, there was some bad calls, and and JBL goes, "These refs look look Charles look honest." That <laughs> 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 was really funny. You know, especially if you're inside, you know. Of course, what a sports. great guy though. But let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Jimmy Fallon thing. I watched okay. it earlier today. Thirty million you hits really? on YouTube. Yeah, in you your know? spare time. Well, that, yeah, that was God. my uh, studying and, and wow. research for the for this interview. Um, but but how did that come about? Did you get a call? Four one years? Day? No, four years ago. I'm uh, Chattanooga's my alma mater. I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and the University of Tennessee Chattanooga's my alma mater. Jimmy Fallon's late night show. Uh, Chattanooga got into the NCAA tournament barely, so they picked them as their Cinderella team. Somebody said, "Hey, Chattanooga." Jimmy Fallon. So I called my agent. I said, hey, man, they're, they're talking about my school. He goes, Dennis, I'm busy. <laughs> I got on the phone, called New York, because you know, I, I was you know, I was on I was on NBC. And I said, uh, Fallon Show, please. Okay. I get on the phone. Hey, Fallon Show. I go, Dennis Haskins, Mr. Belding, that's my school. Can you hold on? Sure. Producer gets on the phone. Can you be here tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> so we surprised everybody as me as an alum from the school. He said, yeah, you know, even Mr. Belding was an alum. And I came up through the crowd in the floor, and it went nuts, Chris. Mm-hmm. It's like one of your entrances, I swear to God. You know, you can't hear anything five feet away from you because everybody's cheering so much. Mm-hmm. You know, so I get chills now thinking about it. So two weeks later, they had me come back, and we started to try to do a reunion, typical reunion. Everybody, should. But then Mark Paul did the Zach character. He, he, he went on Fallon as if he was actually Zach. Right. I mean, it's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, he went on uh, – yeah, the, the guest of the show was, was Zach. Yeah he, yeah, he said, no, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually Zach Morris. So there was a, an actor who called himself Mark Paul Gosselaar, so I couldn't have that name. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but we got down to the end of it, and we couldn't get everybody. And there were some issues with Dustin with the tell-all book and blah, 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 blah. There's always certain people that don't want to do it or the politics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. Dustin like in, in porn or something like that? <laughs> Dustin has one of those movies that he that he had out that he made some money on. And I heard that he even had a a, a dildo, like the the Dustin dildo. I, you know, have you heard about this? I, can I just tell you, I worked with Dustin when he was eleven to twenty. Yeah, and I, that's how I know him, and uh, I'm aware of the other stuff. But is that uh, weird for you? Because you, you yeah. mean, you're the, the the one adult regular in the cast with a bunch of kids who really are high school age and you're growing up with them. Do you, well, do you feel paternal a little towards bit. them? Uh, but, but I realized early on they had parents, you know, and they had people basically, but they would early on ask me advice and stuff. One of the first scenes I had in Mr. Belding's office was Zach. We were rehearsing and we stopped rehearsing for a minute and the director walked away and I said, MP, uh, Mark Paul, what do you think about this scene? 
I just, I don't know why I asked him. I wanted to know his opinion of the scene. He looked at me like, really? I don't think he remembers this, but I do. And he, uh, he gave me his opinion, and it was good. And I thought, I need to treat these guys like they're my fellow cast members, not like I know more or I am, because I can learn from them. And I did. And that really developed the relationship of Mr. Belding and the kids, too, mm-hmm. that he respected them, but he still watched out for them. Because in every episode, they made the decisions finally with, that made it better or whatever. There was a more moral every time. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't remember what you asked me. I was just saying you have, you have you know, like a fatherly instinct for these kids. Yeah, it was great. You know, do you still, Seeing them you, again was wonderful. Did you keep in touch with them over the years? I have some. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, oh, it's 25 years. Well, yeah. I know, right? I get and kids. that's the thing, though. People think, too, that, you know, because you're on this show that's so universal and, and you know, it is an iconic show for yeah. America, that you guys just hang out for the You rest don't of stay in touch time. with every wrestler you, you work don't. with. You, you do your show, yeah. you finish the gig, yeah. you move on. You don't even see people sometimes, do you? You don't know. I know. You don't, <laughs> Come right? in, get dressed, go to work, and you go. Exactly. So, so, so they call you finally, and we're going to do this reunion. Oh, yeah. So they send us a script, and I'm looking at it, and, and, I, and even Tiffany was in it because we didn't get to Tiffany last time. It was really good, and and uh, she did, originally didn't want to do it. Something happened at the end, it was towards the end, that uh, the end she, of what? The end of trying to reunite the cast. Gotcha. The original on the, time. On, the, on the original thing, and it just didn't work out. I don't know what it was. I did a thing, surprised her on the Today Show, and she was terrific. Gotcha. She goes, people think I hate the show. I don't hate the show. So anyway, they sent the script. It was great, and they were coming to L.A. So everybody's in L.A. You don't have to fly to New York, and the script was incredible. And, and I got to tell you, Chris, we go on the stage in our costumes with our wigs and everything else, and they all look the same. I'm a fat ass, but that's another story. Uh, but they had the original set, the original set. They had the exact same lockers. They had the same the stairway and, and trash can that Zach used. It just felt like home, mm-hmm. and it was a secret. So when it was revealed, the place goes crazy. You know, but uh, they did too. The, yeah. I mean, the audience because people didn't know exactly what was going on because they talk about Jimmy right? Fallon in high school, yeah. and then he does a couple things, and then Jimmy here Fallon's comes a great guy. here comes Zach. Oh, Jimmy's yeah. the best, yeah. but here comes Zach. And when he came out, people understood what was going on. There was a huge reaction. How about the reaction of Mark Paul? Right, yeah. Zach at the top of the stairs. He waited. He waited. He waited. <sighs> I yeah. know. It was a lot of love, man. A lot of love. Some of the stagehands were from the original Saved by the Bell. I mean, <laughs> there was a lot of. And so when you ask me about saying hi to people when they recognize me. I get that love every day. Uh-huh. You do too. Yeah. From people, fans that really do care. They think they know you. They they want to tell you what you mean to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like I thank them. Because because you you like you mentioned. I mean, you you're a very recognizable guy. Yeah. Because that character pretty much is looks like you. You have a wig or anything. It's the same yeah. guy. And and those other guys. I mean, they still look the same, but they were yeah, but kids. Right. That's a good point. But you were an adult then. You're an yeah. adult now. So. Yeah. You walk by and it's like, there's Mr. Belding. Yeah. You know? that, that, I get that a lot. You must I'm still it. doing appearances, you know. Uh, Saved by the, I'm, doing, I'm doing a thing in Brooklyn, in, in New Orleans, minor league baseball. Brooklyn's doing a Saved by the Bell night, making up jerseys. There's a big push after the uh, reunion. The Fallon thing kind of yeah. put, put a breeze yeah, I mean, I've been, been doing it. appearances for a long time, but... You know, I mean, I've been doing some acting and a lot of good stuff. Well, absolutely. Stuff. But you mentioned earlier when you said, you know, I'm on TV. These episodes are rerunning 200, 300 times. Oh, my God. And I'm still looking for work. Yeah. When that show ended, were you a little bit uh, stereotyped as oh, Mr. Wilding? A lot stereotyped. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but this word stereotype, a lot of people hate it. But it comes out of the fact that you did such good stuff or you meant something to people. Uh, I sound like I'm bragging about what a good actor I am. I'm not trying to say that. But that character. People love that character so much that they can only think of you as that character. Right. Well, it took a while and a couple of years and a couple of pounds <laughs> to change that a little bit. So, Was there ever a time when you went for an audition and you didn't get it because you were I went, Mr. Belden? I went on an audition once and didn't get it. I'm leaving, and a guy says, hey, my parents are here. I want you to meet them. And then I realized I got called in for the audition because this guy wanted me to meet his parents. I mean, that's kind of... Isn't that... That's a head shaker. I did a thing on Larry King with uh, Mickey Rourke. Oh. Where I was trying to get... I was trying to goad him into doing this match that we were supposed to do, for real. And he got really mad at me, um, but I was putting on a a show. I was acting. And the William Morris Agency calls me. And they're like, we want to have a meeting with you. And I'm like, oh my God, this is it. I'm in the big leagues. I go have this meeting at William Morris, and the whole gang is there. And we talk, and man, I killed this meeting. Yeah. 
And then afterwards, you know, I took pictures and signed autographs and wanted. found out afterwards the only reason why they called me in for the meeting was because they wanted to meet me. It was a meet and greet. Yeah, a meet and greet. And then uh, they, we had no intention of bringing you on. We just wanted to meet you. And I was like, what? They don't – I don't know. That's just – that's almost cruel. You know, that's Hollywood though, right? Yeah, a you lot of – You know what I mean? Some of it. That's, there's good people. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, but – I, uh, you know, that stuff happens. Sure, it does. Hey, look, you're you're you've been at the top of your game for many. I, I looked you up last night. I've known you for years, but I never really went down and looked at everything you did. Holy crap, man! But but staying up there and getting up there, there aren't many. There Feel aren't that, many, right. you know. And it's not easy. And some good things happen, and some bad happen, and you live with them, don't you? Yeah, sure. Because yeah, your goal is higher than that. You keep pushing past all that stuff. So we have those things, but we're blessed in a lot of ways. Hey, yeah. I, I want to say, say one thing. Uh, we were going to try to get together yesterday. Uh, James Best, who was Sheriff Roscoe on the Dukes of Hazard, passed away. Okay. And he was a mentor of he mine. He did? Wow. The very first job I ever had in television was the very first Dukes of Hazard out of Conyers, Georgia. So I want to dedicate this to him. You know, he was just a wonderful, wonderful guy. Well, let's talk about that. So the very first gig you ever had yeah. was in the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. They were filming in Georgia? In Atlanta, yeah. They were they were doing their pilot. They had outdoor stuff. They were hiring local The first stuff. episode. Of the Dukes very Hazard. first episode, One Arm Bandits. What was your part? I, the, the character literally said, badass. I was on the road with Greg Allman. Uh, it was a, a wild thing that I it was 1979, and I was in road managing a, a tour the, before the Allman Brothers reunited, and I had you were long, road managing Greg Allman for one tour, yeah. Back when he was not playing with the brothers, and it, it was the tour, road managing the tour. No, Greg, Greg was the head of the tour. I know you didn't know that about me. Did I did you? not know that. I was in the music business for ten years. That opens up a whole. So, I know, right? So, yeah. So, uh, so I, I'm on the road and I've lost my razors. I have a big mustache, which I showed you a while ago. Yeah. And I, I got big scra- long hair. Yeah. And I yeah. got a scraggly beard. And uh, I walk into my agent in Atlanta just to say hi. She goes, "Oh my God, you got to run out and audition for this thing." And I got it. And it was the very first, and I thought, oh, this will never last. Cars going through the air and all that jazz. <laughs> Dumb bumpkins driving cars. Five, six years later, come on. You know, and I got four times I was on that show. So, and and I met Jimmy then, and uh, James, what they call him Jimmy. Right. Um, and then I ran into him at a car show, and he was nice to me. Uh, one of the other reasons I like to be nice to people. And he said, if you get out to L.A., look me up. Here's my agent. Say hi to him. My agent's going, oh, no. It ended up being my agent. When I got to L.A., I had somebody to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And he said, go take Jimmy's class. So I did. Acting class? Yeah. You so know, he actually was an acting teacher. He had a class that he taught. He had a guy, Jack Lucarelli, who also taught the class. But uh, Jimmy would come in all the time, and he gave me parts on Dukes. He literally gave me parts on Dukes. because He gave me my first guest star role. You know, so guess, who, guess who? i got to tell you this. Guess who else was in the class? Who? You'll never know. So, so this guy says, I want to do my own scene. I've, I've written this scene. And, and I go, oh, okay. So he gets up there and he huddles, those four or five guys up there, and they huddle, and they're talking real quiet, and it's Mr. White and Mr. Yellow. And Mr. It was Quentin Tarantino. Really? Writing his first version of Reservoir Dog. In the class? Yes! Who knew? <laughs> See, you're, you're the perfect guy that Tarantino would put in one of his movies. Oh, I wish. You know what I mean? Like just I kind wish. of a, a, a kitschy guy from the 70s and 80s. You know, that he did that a lot with Travolta and other sure, yeah, yeah. Every movie yeah. you see somebody in there, that like Robert Forrester and, and Pam Greer. Quentin's one of those guys. I, I don't know him that well anymore. I mean, I barely knew him when we were in class. But he didn't let anybody tell him no. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had agents tell him, you can't have Harvey Keitel. What did he do? He found somebody that knew Harvey Keitel. You know, he found a way. His passion was, was stronger than But see, ever. that's what show business is. That's what life is, but especially in show business. Yeah. You have to, like when you said you picked up the phone to call NBC yourself, yeah. you have to do that. Well, because you, nobody is, I mean, if you sit around waiting for the phone to ring, no one's calling. No. you got to make it happen. And not everybody knows what's in your heart. You're the only person who knows what's in your heart. Yeah, exactly. You and you've got to beat down those doors yeah. to make it happen. Now, you mentioned as far as having the versatility of being in show business for all these years and right. James Best being your mentor. Right. Uh, great character, too, Roscoe P. Coltrane. Oh. Uh, but you mentioned that you were, you were a road manager for Greg Allman. For one tour, yeah. For one tour of a month, a week. About, about three months. The Allman Brothers had broken up. Right. Over some issues. Sure. And... Uh, Greg was in Florida. He was playing a little bit, and he, there was a, a friend of mine in Daytona Beach that, that he trusted. Um, the guy called me. He said, we're coming to Chattanooga, and I got Greg Allman with me. I go, yeah, right. And I've run into Greg several times through my other music stuff. Yeah. Um, but I go down there, and there's Greg. It's their second job. There's a band called Mama's Pride out of St. Louis that Greg was playing with. And my friend Paul, Paul Burke, said, 
uh, why don't you come down and help me? I don't know. I know suntan oil. He had uh, native tent suntan oil. He goes, I got suntan oil. I don't know music. So I, I was in my car the next day. And a band I was managing, Overland Express, I said, well, why don't we do this? Overland opens, Mama's Pride plays, and then Greg plays with the band. We got a tour. Chris, we did 35 dates. We did the Agora Ballroom circuit. A guy named David Cloud had a lot of connections to managing the other band. Yeah. yeah, well, not just Cleveland, Atlanta and, and Painesville. But where's the Agora Ballrooms in Cleveland, isn't it? It was right outside of Cleveland, right. in Painesville. Yeah. I guess, no, I guess I got road stories. Oh, we sure will share do. them off the microphone. <laughs> uh, just remind me, of, no, I can't even tell you. I can't even hint at it. Uh, just say Ohio. Okay. I don't remember. But we do all these things, and little by little, Dickie starts calling. Dickie Betts, Dickie guitar Betts. player from Normans. Butch starts calling. What do you think? You know, and and they reunited. We're in Tampa, Florida, and Bunky Odom, their their road their stage manager, comes and gets Greg. They go to New York, and Dickie's great Southern. Mm-hmm. Remember, they're playing in Central Park. The band played. They left the stage, and one by one, the Allman Brothers came on stage. They reunited, and they've been together ever since. So, how, how was it like uh, managing Greg Allman in the seventies? Well, manage him. Uh, road, road, man- road manager. It was fun. To be on tour with Greg Allman. We, it was fun. Because he's one of the famous wild men in rock and roll. It wasn't wild. It was fun. It wasn't destructive. There, you know, I'm not going to lie to you and say things didn't go on, but, but we all were having a good time. He hadn't had fun playing in a long time. And he was getting back and he was having fun playing. Mm-hmm. And I got to walk Greg from dressing rooms to the stage. I put his hand on my shoulder and I walk him out. And... and, and that's just the way it was, what I did, is what my job was. And looking back on it, I went, wow, what an amazing time to be in the music business in the 70s. Absolutely. You know, everything changed in 1980. All the credit cards came in, uh, you know, the, the whole view of, of sex, drugs, rock and roll changed to, you know, maybe we should be a little more careful. And, you know, mm-hmm. now you got Aerosmith, they're all sober and everything else. But um, it was it One was night amazing. down the 70s. Chris, the music. Holy cow. Charlie Daniels had a thing in Nashville called the Volunteer Jam. His manager was Joe Sullivan at the time. They broke up over some stuff later, but they had a thing called the Volunteer Jam. And I got to go because I knew Joe. And they, and they would have these amazing concerts. But the best thing was the after party. At the hotel, they set up a stage, and there'd be all this musical equipment, and people would get up and jam. Well, one year was like a year after I'd worked with Greg. And the Allman Brothers played the jam, and Greg goes, Hey, Hoss, he called me Hoss. Hey, Hoss, we want to play. I knew they wanted to play, and I went to Joe. I said, hey, Joe, they want to play. He goes, run the stage. Run the stage? You know, I'm like, okay. And, and uh, at some point, uh, there was, they had played and, and come and gone, and people go, Dennis, can I play? And I'm like, holy cow, they know my name, you know, <laughs> one of those deals. And there was a guy playing guitar. Remember, did you know who uh, Bonnie and Delaney were? Delaney Bramble? Yeah, yeah. Eric Clapton was involved yeah. with them. He, yeah, they wrote songs together, George Harrison. Very, that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, so, so Bonnie's on stage singing, and this guy playing guitar, I don't want to say who he was. But I said, Bonnie, who is this guy? She goes, baby, that's so-and-so. Just turn him down. <laughs> he was so drunk he couldn't find the co- you know. Anyway, just some. Did amazing. you have some cool like? Did you have some brushes with greatness back in the seventies from being in the music business and uh, being on the road? Uh, mostly us, me believing in the bands that I was pursuing and, and knowing I still wanted to go act. You know, the Greg is the biggest act I yeah. worked with on. I mean, promoted Leon Russell, mm-hmm. promoted James Gang, Ike and Tina Turner, people like that. Made and lost a lot of money that I didn't really have, but so that was a lot of fun. You know, I watched Tina Turner count twenties. Man, you know, and she was settling up after uh, before they went on stage, and she they wanted to be paid in twenties. Man, <laughs> counting them. 20s. Oh yeah, so they wanted to be paid before they went on oh, stage. Oh, that's all acts school. do. Oh, all acts do. Put, put the put the money in the boot. Who's uh, who's the old guitar player that uh, African American guitar player? Anyway, he would get paid. He put the money around his waist for Chuck Berry. He would get the money. In, on a money belt, put it around his waist and go on stage, or he wouldn't go on. I, uh, I, I did that in Mexico in the early days. Oh, I bet you, you get did. paid and put it in your boot. Oh, you don't leave that in the dressing man. room. You keep it on. You have all this sweaty money. I saw. Down. What were you lying? The lion. Corazon de Leon. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> man, what a road for you. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
Well, you're a big wrestling fan. That's yeah, yeah. how I first started, I started when seeing I was you 10. around. When I in, was 10. In Chattanooga? Yeah. So what, what company was there at the time? Well, there was a local show. Mm-hmm. Harry Thornton would do a local show. And then the guys out of Atlanta would come up. They would do the live show in the afternoon. They would get gigged and everything else. And then they'd go down to Atlanta and do this and bleed down there. I mean, mm-hmm. it was... Which know, guys were you seeing? Uh, the Russians, uh, Saul, Saul Weingaroff and... Uh, um, Dusty Rhodes would come up. I mean, all those guys out of the Atlanta circuit mm. would come up and do a pop because they would promote the show in Atlanta. Right. You know, uh, Pez Van Watley, who passed away. Yeah. Uh, Pez went to Notre Dame High School, which is where I went. He got uh, involved with, with Saul Weingroff. He knew his son. and That's how he ended up being around. I mean, it's, all those things go back to me really loving the sport. You know, uh, sport the entertainment. Yeah, the show but, business. But it's athletes. Yeah. Come on, it's athletes. Sure. The fact that ESPN – is reporting WWE is <laughs> historic. See, it used to be like that in the 80s. I remember really? WrestleMania, I, you could go see the highlights yeah, yeah. on whatever it was, whatever sports channel was out of Detroit. Yeah. You could oh, see okay. that where I grew up in Canada. There's a big story now. I mean, just the other day about the whole reporting of WrestleMania and, and Coach being on ESPN. Yeah, Coachman, yeah. John yeah, Coachman came from the WWE. Now he's and, in, and B Todd, being Todd Grisham as well. And, and yeah, having everybody yeah. on. She had a great interview with, with – uh, Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns the other day. Oh, Michelle did? Yeah. Well, she's a big fan. I love Michelle. So that's the thing. Yeah, big, big she's fan. She's funny. Do you go to the shows when they come to L.A.? Or, I mean, uh, I've seen you around a few times. Sometimes. I've, I've had the privilege over the years of getting to go backstage. Mm-hmm. The time I saw you was with Bill Goldberg. I didn't know that everybody wasn't a fan of Bill's. I loved him. You know? Yeah, Bill's a great guy. I love know, yeah. Bill. I love Bill. Yeah. He's been really good to me. It's one of the first times I met you, I think. That's yeah. how I ended up in your book. <laughs> People go, ah, it's so funny. Jericho I, doesn't like you. Went, no, that's not the case. That's not no, true. I, I just I, I would see you hanging around all the that. time. And then when I saw that one time, I sat down next to you on the plane. You're like, hey, I'm like, this guy's all over the place. I know. He's everywhere. I saw you at LAX at the, at the uh, Sky Club and all that. <laughs> yeah. we, you know, we travel. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're um, on the road. Yeah, but when the whole thing blew up, people want me to be the the uh, the GM of Raw. Uh, I don't know if you know about. No, this. Tell us about this. I nobody liked John Laurinaitis. Mm-hmm. And and I've act, since I met him, I like the guy, you know. But he would bumble sometimes, even actually in, out of character <laughs> in real life. I know, you know. <laughs> Do you know that Johnny hired the one wrong? Uh, he hired the wrong one-legged man. No. Yes, there was a one-legged wrestler called Zach. Um, Zach. Zach something or yeah. other. Not Zach. Yeah, whatever. Um, people will know. But he was uh, he was a nineteen Zach Gowan. He was a nineteen-year-old wow. kid that had one leg, and right. he he wrestled. There was also a guy in Florida who had one leg and wrestled. Yeah. So I guess they had come through and they had done they auditions, on? both of them, yeah. and Vince said, I like this idea. I can do something with it. Hired the one-legged guy. So Johnny <laughs> called the one-legged guy that he knew in <laughs> Florida and said, you got a contract. And this one-legged guy is like flipping around, right. and, you know, hopping up and yeah. down, excited. <laughs> hopping on his and leg. then he bring him in. They say, Sorry, that's not the one-legged guy. Well, yes, it's the one-legged guy. No, 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 we want the other one-legged guy. Oh. So they hired Zach Allen. Man. So that was Johnny's uh, big faux pas for hiring the wrong well, one-legged guy. Well, I, so, I, he, so he had made a lot of faux pas. I should probably back up. Um, but all my stories are con- – I, I think life's a series to connect the dots. You look back and there's all these choices you made and those are dots. Right. And that's your life path, you know. Miz, I know, I know Mike a long time from doing the college circuit from when he was on Road Rules and doing appearances. Yeah. Um, you know, so he calls me one day and he says, hey, I got a friend, Zach Ryder, who wants to, you to do his block. Who's a huge fan of Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Well, that's Zach. That's yeah. why, that's why oh, I named himself Zach. Wow. Yeah. So – Zach and Mr. Belding, I did one. And it, and You're it, talking about a Z, the true the Long Z, Island true story. Z, true Long Island story. Yeah. I mean, here's a guy who didn't want to take no either. He created a way to, to get some attention, yeah. and it worked. That's right. So, But I did one of them, and it was 250,000 hits. Mm-hmm. And I went, wow. I ended up doing three, two or three more. I did like four. So that's a million people all of a sudden. You know, that have seen you now. Yeah, yeah in a different vein. And uh, it, it was, I was like, wow. And so from that, with the thing with, with Mr. Laurinaitis, um, what was it? The, who were they back in the day with the surf guys or something? Uh, yeah, the dynamic dudes. Yeah, the dudes. Yeah, they were uh, skateboards. To the anyway, ring. so uh, I mean, that's how I I really you know love this stuff. So um, that going on generated interest in me being the new GM of Raw. Now I didn't start this. A girl out of Canada, uh, which can't think of her name, and a guy out of Scotland, and they started this twitition. No, I supported it. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know what a twitition was. I ended up being the top ten in the world. Up against what's the the One Direction, 
was the only other people on the list. And then I was sixth. <laughs> so Mike brought me down to Raw one night in Anaheim. And, uh, and I got to meet everybody because that was all going on. But it wasn't a WWE idea. Right. It didn't come from them. And now I understand all that, but I didn't then. It was fun for me. Mm-hmm. I, do I want to work as hard as you do and go on the road? Oh, hell no. That's where I want to act. I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. But I also – so I, I rode that wave as long as it went. Because it became a real viral oh my God. social media it thing. It was all we over the place. I remember, yeah. And Mr. everybody Bell was glad to meet me because they watched Saved by the Bell, and I got to know the Bellas, and, and everybody Save, was shaking Save, my hand. Saved by the Bellas? Yeah, right? right. I, I mean, I love those. Those girls, I know they work really hard, too. Yeah, so but everyone's shaking your hand. And yeah, you know, so yeah. it's really, really nice. And I'm, I'm hanging out, and I'm talking to Mick Foley, and I said, man, that thing that happened with you with The Rock, he goes, that was here. It was like, wow, that was in Anaheim. And mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm ta- uh, I can't think of I don't want to say Cage real names. Anyway, I'm talking to him and a couple other guys, and I'm getting, I mean, I'm like in. And it's fun, <laughs> you know? And so it's not just me hanging out. It's like me really. Well, it's mutual respect. Yeah. Too. You meet somebody like, you know, like I said, everyone knows Saved by the Bell. Everyone knows so, the so here, you're going to get this. So after the show, I'm like, wow, that was fun. And, and Mike goes, let's go. I went, let's go. I, I've gotten to go back several more times. I've done JBL's blog a couple of times, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun. I've learned what protecting your spot means. <laughs> I, yeah, I see the smile. I learned that you, you, get, you get yourself there and you find a way to get there, and, but you're, that world is a very unique world, and, and to get there is not easy, and you can be gone in a heartbeat. Yeah. And, and, and you don't want to take any chances. to For Mike to bring me backstage, he never brought anybody. Hadn't brought his parents back, and he brought me backstage. And so I was representing him and didn't actually understand it, but now mm. I do. Right. So I don't go back as much as I used to. You know, I've got Jerry Lawler and I are in touch with each other. Uh, a couple other people are in touch, and 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 I'm I'm really very happy about that. But I don't try to. I hang, like I ran into Dolph and a couple of the guys when they were in town for Raw before, away from the arena. Right. You know, and and, and Dolph says, you know, this is better. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just hang out here. I went down. I actually ran in on the plane, uh, Willem Regal, you know? Yeah. And he goes, are you going to the show? It was one of the house shows before Christmas. And I said, well, he goes, come on, come on, you need to go. We like having you down there. And I come down to Dolphus backstage. I'm cutting it close, and he's got his hair wet. He goes, come on, man, get out there. I'm going on in a minute, you know? And his hair's only going to be wet for like 45 (laughs) seconds, you know? But didn't you do like some kind of an independent show like on the East Coast? Or yeah. What, what were you doing? I, I went to Zach's old PWS they, when things were real. I know. Listen. Did Zach book you on this? No, but he, oh. he said, well, you do this for these guys. So, you know, I got my fee. I got paid. But I did the, I did a Stone Cold Stunner. What, 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 what were you, like a, a guest referee I was the, or a general uh, manager? Guest GM for the night, made some decision. I got to know Matt Hardy. Uh-huh. You know, he and I stayed in touch. And, and, uh, so you I, did a Stone Cold Stunner? And they taught me how to do the Stunner. That must have been pretty. The Stunner heard around the world, man. <laughs> Actually, it was okay. I mean, who'd, who'd you give the Stunner to? Uh, one, of the, one of the bad guys. I can't remember. Uh, a guy named Kevin Matthews taught it to me. Kevin's involved in that whole uh, thing down in the training center in Orlando with your friend, I guess. Bill. Oh, I, oh, he was he a WWE student? Yeah. Okay. yeah, he he was one of the ones that left and stuff. Okay, gotcha. Anyway, it's funny how I mean. How was it for you being in the ring? It was pretty amazing. It was hard to get up in the ring. You know, they didn't have steps like you guys have. You had to get a chair and up. They would hop up. I had to climb up. You know, uh, I learned something. If a guy's really heavy and he's coming at the ropes and he's going to bounce off the ropes. Don't be standing close to him. Oh, yeah. Because the ropes give. They can knock you off the oh, apron. Oh, yeah. Easily. I learned, you know. Easily. But I, real, I, I, uh, I have a lot of respect for all you guys. You always have. All you guys. You always have. But I, now I, the respect comes also with knowledge. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot more, and it's a privilege. You know, and, it, and it's just like you, you would be in backstage somewhere or a show or come to acting or to a, mm-hmm. a sitcom or, you know, you understand there's rules and there's things and there's, and there's a time to talk and there's time not to. And, you know, I'm still chasing my acting career, and and, and was in a I was in a million ways to die in the West. I know I texted you about it, and that was yeah, a you, big, that, you had a big part. Like, you well, know. it wasn't that big, but it was spectacular because I got gored by you a bull. Gored by you got you, speared. I got to work w- with <laughs> with uh, Amanda Seyfried and Seth MacFarlane and Charlize Theron. I mean, it's it was the A ticket. How did you get that gig? Audition. I, I went in, there were two other guys, and, and they're talking about how they know Seth. I thought, well, I haven't got a chance in hell at this. So I just went in and had fun. Guess what? I got the job. Do you think, was it one of those things when Seth saw you and was like, yeah, let's put him in there? Uh, I found out later. 
uh, as I left the, the, the uh, Santa Fe, I'm in a car with one of the producers, and I said, you know, I, I wasn't sure if it's because Seth knew me from karaoke or whatever. He goes, no, 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 you had the best audition. Mm-hmm. They're not going to risk of course. their film. Well, you and I know that, yeah. but it's taken a while for me. The, nobody's going to do you a favor if you can't cut it. Right. They're not going to put you in there. They, that's a, that was a $80, $90, $100 million film. Right. You know what the best part was? What? For five days a week, every day. Good morning, Charlize. <laughs> oh, she's you a dog, great Dennis. lady. Yeah. No, but she's a great human being. I really have a lot of respect for her too. I know everybody. Oh, she's really pretty. Yeah, but she's inside out. An pretty. actress too. Inside out, pretty. Her actor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's either one. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know. uh, you're talking about being. Uh, you mentioned karaoke a few times. Oh yeah. It's funny. I told a couple of people that I was coming out here, and even yesterday, hanging out with some some people, and they're like, "Well, who you got on the show tomorrow?" And I said, "I got this guy. This guy I got Dennis." Asked, Dennis, That's oh amazing. man, we love Dennis, and we went to his birthday party at, at Dimples. Yeah, and, it closed down and, last week. Yeah, he's he's always there, and so you're like a, a karaoke master. Well, I didn't mean to. I, I a friend of mine, actor, was outside of Dimples a bunch of years ago, and I was single. And uh, let, let, let's give him a plug. Dimples in. Well, they're gone. Oh, it's Dimples and it was the first karaoke bar ever in the United States. Closed down after thirty-three years. Oh, it actually closed down. Oh. I thought you meant you closed it down. Like no, we closed it down. No. Oh, yeah, right. No, yeah. well, I've done that too. <laughs> but no, I, I quit for thirty days ten years ago, so I don't close it down like that anymore. <laughs> but uh, uh, but but it was you know it's it's a great it's a great spot. Hmm. You know, I mean, it was a great spot. It was history. All kinds of people would come in there, and I because people sang, I also sang because I thought, well, look. Might help me be better as a singer, mm-hmm. you know, to get up and sing every so often. So then people started looking for me, and you know, became my cheers. What's what was your uh, what's your favorite my go to song? Yeah, because <laughs> you know, like Pat Patterson is a huge karaoke singer as well, and Pat's big song that he loves to tear the house down with in the night is "My Way." Oh, that's, that's a great his song. that's his thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, there's different genres of songs. You know, mm-hmm. I. Uh, I, I like to involve the crowd, so uh, Happy Together by the Turtles, people go crazy. Oh, yeah. I can't see me loving nobody, but but what a wonderful... Oh, I have a song coming. I have two songs coming out. Shooter Jennings, Waylon Jennings' son, yeah. and I buddied up a bunch of years ago, and through some amazing circumstances, he produced me singing two songs. Uh, wow. what What a Wonderful World, which mm-hmm. is one of my go-to songs. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and For the Good Times, mashed together with Delilah. I saw the light on the night that I passed by her window. She stood there laughing. Oh, no, no, no. Lay your head upon my pillow. I mean, it's really it's dark and eerie and all that kind of stuff. Dennis Haskins sings uh, the blues, or what do you call this? Uh, I think they call it Belding's Blues. You know, <laughs> I know. Uh, I love it. But we did a real record, Chris. We didn't do a gimmick record. We really tried to sing the best song. Well, sure. Rolling Stone Online has an exclusive release. They did a story on us the other day. I mean, come on, I'm pinching myself. That's great, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's just a miracle. But you released a, a karaoke album before. Yeah, a, a buddy of mine, Cody McCarver, with Confederate Railroad, who uh, I knew, he said, "Hey, let's try to do this thing," and it didn't really get it. I mean, it was. It, it but you was, have been in the studio. It was us doing a gimmick. It was us gotcha. doing sing along with Mr. Belding. These are, I, I'm the guy who played Mr. Belding, Dennis Haskins, singing. Some really good songs. This shooter did an amazing job producing. He's very talented. He's incredible. He's really popular in the locker room too. A lot of the Roman Reigns yeah. was listening. He in. was uh, he was just up with. Uh, he's gotten to be friends with. Uh, I want to say his right name, Curtis Axel. Cause I yeah, I was going to say that because Kurt's dad, uh, yeah, Kurt Henning was a yeah. huge Waylon Jennings fan, huge Merle Haggard, yeah. old school country. So they're all you know. Him and his manager John Hensley, they've been hang- they were up at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. There's pictures of them backstage with everybody. So when you you're talking about last year being in a eight million ways to die in eight the West, million. one million, eight million. <laughs> what was it? What was it? One, one a million, a million, eight million one, ways, one, one, million, one million way to die, a million ways. Yeah, no, this is the sequel, eight million ways. So, <laughs> so, so when you're on there and you're getting that screen time, did that help you with other parts? It helped me that I got the job. Yeah, whether they saw it or not, it helped. I because I had that got gored by the bull. Mm-hmm. It was such a spectacular thing. It was in every trailer. Right now, now, now you've got you've got Liam Neeson and Charlize and Amanda Seyfried and Neil Patrick Harris and all these people in this film and me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't consider myself at their level as a film actor. You know, but I got a, a really nice push. And then recently, I, I just worked with Betty White for Hot in Cleveland. Okay, yeah, it, that was just amazing. How, how was that? It was wonderful. 
Is, is she? Uh, did you talk to her at yeah. all? I mean, she seems like she's a pretty she's cool. Such chick. a wonderful. Pro- Listen, it was the Hall of Fame of. of I mean, we got Wendy Malik, and you got all these. Different Valerie people. Bertinelli in that show too. Valerie Bertinelli yeah. and, and oh man, the girl from Frasier, who's a wonderful actress, and then Marla Gibbs from the Jeffersons was a guest, and and George Engel and all these people. You would have known everybody. You yeah. will know if you see it. So I, I'm supposed to. Uh, have a relationship with George Engel, and, and she's sitting at a table with Betty and Marlon and somebody else. And uh, I go and say hi. And she goes, in rehearsal, Betty goes, now when you walk by me, be sure you touch me. <laughs> and giggled. Yeah. You know what I mean? She I mean, was but just, how crazy is that? Uh, like, not, how is she, 90 or 90? 93. 93, and she's got like a career resurgence over the last five, six years. She never years. stopped. You know, this but, is a big hit, yeah. But she's been around. But isn't like Hollywood? It's so crazy because when you're a working actor, sometimes you might have the biggest hit in the country right. and then not work for a year after or two. It, it must be. Is it hard after all these years, yeah. never knowing when your next job is yeah, coming? It is. I yeah. mean, I was doing my income taxes last night, and looking at all the separate jobs I had. One, one hands to another. When I got saved by the bell, my dressing room was right across the hall from the Tonight Show wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Actually, Mr. Carson will walk by every day. I go, hello, Mr. C. He goes, how are you doing, young man? I was 39 <laughs> back then. But the wardrobe lady said, you know who was in that dressing room last week? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, you know what show was there before? And she made the point, things come and go. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I got it. So. And you know that, right? Yeah, I do now. You know, I mean, it, l- listen, working with Betty White and those guys was a privilege. You know, working with Charlie's there, it's a privilege. What what you do, as good as you are, I know you know it's a privilege. Sure, and of you don't take it for well. You say, of course, but people look at you and they go, yeah. "Hey, that's." But that's why you always got to be hustling. That's why I yeah. do so many things that I do because David Lee Ross said it best: "Here today, gone later today." And that is you. That is you can write that on a on a t shirt yeah. and wear it if you're in show business. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's what, like so. So was the Betty White thing another audition? Yes. So how many auditions do you go out and do? Well, lately, uh, I do well, one or two a week. You know, wow, right? Uh, it's gotten better, but the but the opportunities have gotten bigger. So not not as many, but the opportunities are really big. So things are looking you know pretty good. I, I've had a really nice run, you know, especially with the Tonight Show. And well, that gives you a new another- girl before that, and then this I did a movie and. In Iowa, and um, you know, do you have some songs some, coming out? Do you have some goals of, of, of keep working? Yeah, keep working. I, I actually had an audition today that, that I talked to Majin about, and it was kind of goofy and silly. And I thought, you know, I've kind of done this. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm not grateful for opportunities, but I don't want to. I want to do stuff that means something, you know. And, and and I have that opportunity. Do you ever I, turn down like you know slasher films or like stuff like that? Like I haven't just, turned down a lot. I'll right. be honest with you. I mean, I've done pretty much sometimes to pay the bills, sometimes because I just want to keep going. And, right. You know, I had a I had a theory when I was coming out here. I, I knew that Henry Fonda and Jimmy Stewart were roommates in New York a long time ago. I figure they had other roommates, but they gave up. <laughs> you know, as long as you don't give up, right? That's and like great, you said, the cycle keeps coming back, and if you're not here. Somebody's going to take your place. Well, it's funny. I just did uh, Sharknado 3. Did you work with Ian? I did work with oh, Ian. I love Ian. And Ian told me that he originally took Sharknado because he needed to uh, build up enough equity with with the Screen Actors Guild yeah. to get his insurance. Oh, oh, insurance. He had a new baby. Oh, man, he thought it was going to be a piece of shit. He didn't want to do it, but they said, you know, you got to make the, the bills. Next thing you know, it becomes the biggest hit. Cult classic. And then there's two, and then there's three. And like that's and he, he just, still knows it's not great film, but, sure, he, but he's having fun but he's with embracing it. it. Yeah, right. exactly. And now there's a whole new life for Ian Ziering in Hollywood. Chris, if you comment on something, you insult the audience. Right. You know, if you, cause, you, know, if you get out of character in the middle of a match, they're going to go, what? What? Exactly. Regardless of how you feel about it. So, you know, I just, I just am glad I'm here. You know, Let me ask going. you this. Can you dance? I move a little bit. I've, I've talked to the Dancing with the Stars people. Because you are the prime candidate. I'm too for heavy. I'll be honest with, with you. I'm too heavy right now. But but I did get close a couple of years ago. I'm told they have their vetting process and how they get down to it. And then then they went with Elizabeth. You know, Mario came in second. Mm-hmm. You know, with him and him and uh, from the Cowboys. Right. Uh, the running Emmett. Him and Emmett, Emmett Smith. Right. And then Elizabeth did a, such a great job. And and uh, Chris Judd said to me one day, "Would you really consider this?" I said. And back then, I thought, uh, and then I said, well, you know what? I would because it's performing. You have to. Oh, look. absolutely. And you know how it is. I said to Mario one day, I don't want to do any of these uh, other reality health fitness things. He goes, I said, but I do Dancing with the Stars. He goes, man, that's work. 
Oh yeah, that's work. That's seven. How are your workouts? Oh, it was six six or seven hours a day, yeah. seven days a week. Well, you want to uh, talk about? You don't want to do any one of these workout shows? That is the workout yeah. show. If you did Dance with the Stars, you would lose. Look at Kirstie Alley. She lost yeah. sixty pounds wow. when she did Dance wow. with the Stars, and that's why another reason why you'd be perfect for it. Because okay, you're you're heavier, yeah. but they would watch the yeah, transition of Dennis doing yeah, this. I would actually like to do it. Wow! Yeah, I would like. Well, to. listen, talk to Jericho call. here, man. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get. We got to get Dennis Haskins <laughs> on Dancing with yeah. the Stars. That'd be fun. You, you know, know we're, before we're, I get too old, we're man. gonna I'm get sixty-four. Sixty-four, I know, and, get and, out of and, town. And, and you know, thirty-five years in show business. You're perfect for this. Yeah. We're trying to get Lance Storm into the North Bay, Ontario Hall of Fame. Yeah. We, got, we got Robert Trujillo from Metallica. He had a movie that he needed to get uh, yeah. his Kickstarter fund. He got that. Oh wow, done. good. We're gonna do our best to get there. You go. Come on. I'm dancing with the stars. I better start my diet, huh? <laughs> I, I better get this stuff going. Absolutely, you should. I, I'm just glad to be here, man. Blessed, blessed to have your friendship and a lot of the uh, guys uh, and ladies, Natty and some of those guys. You know, wow. And that's just from from like I said, it's the mutual respect. Yeah. Of well, they know I'm not a mark. You know, I mean, yeah. you never you don't know at first, and I and I know how careful how things are now. Well, it's a very closed world. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't get in. That's there. why I'm such a pro- Paul Heyman, who I think is a Amazing. I learned on Twitter. I said something about, with all due respect to uh, uh, Bobby Heenan, mm-hmm. uh, Heyman, blah, blah, blah. And they go, how could you dare say it about Bobby? So I learned Bobby Heenan's the best manager. Paul Heyman's the best advocate. <laughs> right? You don't you don't piss anybody off. That's right. Yeah, you know? and, but you I think use the proper nomenclature. He's amazing. Yeah. He's, and I, I was doing the stuff with JBL, the blog with uh, Zach and Dolph, where I was trying to, the principal, whatever. And I came in, and Paul goes, welcome. Are you kidding? And the low handshake. Yes. Ah! Hello, right? Mr. Haskins. No, it's very nice to meet you, sir. No, no, no. No, but, but for, for guys like Trips and the other guys, the low handshake, I'm told, is like you're not trying to dominate a handshake and stuff like that. I mean, all the little things. And I'm going, so many games. Yeah, play, right? yeah. yeah. You know, uh, and I thought about you coming down here, and I thought, I heard a lot of stuff about Vince this and Vince that. You don't hear any of that stuff from you. You know, you come and go, and you, you, you keep it at such a high level, and you just you just – we walked that line through all these years, and, and it's got to be an amazing journey. Well, you got to love what you do. Yeah, yeah. And also, this is show business. You know, you got to know how to walk that line, like you said, and and that's yeah. that's the secret to longevity. Well, there's only one you Mr. Know? McMahon, whoever well, he is, and whatever the thing he does. Is too, though, I mean, just talking about you know whether it's wrestling or whether it's it's you, even you know, like you said, you have a good reputation. Yeah. And that means a lot. He's so easy yeah. to work with. He's a great guy. We enjoy hanging out with this guy. He's fun to be on set with. That's important. I just understood something from you, just saying that, mm. that I bet Mr. McMahon knows he can count on you. He doesn't have to worry about it. When he hires you, you're going to get the get job done. Do. Yes. But that's the secret. Yes. No, I'm not going to be a flake. I'm not a prima donna. You know, then that's, like I said, that's why you always hear about these things yeah. from people like Tom Hanks, the nicest guy in Hollywood. And that's yeah. not just a gimmick. He apparently yeah. is, I've never worked with him, but I he's see, nice to the. I did a charity with him one time. He hosted it for uh, Wendy, uh, Wendy Joe Sperber, who was dying from cancer. Right. And he. And they were was on uh, Bosom Buddies, Buddies together. together. And he was there for her. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's the kind of guy he is. And I was like. Man, you must Nervous. have seen a lot of stuff after being in Hollywood for thirty-five years. And I have, and, and I don't. And it's just I look back on it, but it's all, it's all miraculous to me. You know, I'm a guy from Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's chasing my dream. I'm still chasing my dream. You know, I'm not done. I, you know, I still got stuff to do, and mm-hmm. I hope I get a chance to do it. Last question, Dennis. Sure. Uh, what is your favorite Saved by the Bell episode? Is the one that stands out? This is easy. <laughs> this is easy. Zach Ryder, listen, pay attention. No, this is easy because. There was a, uh, the rafting trip. I have two. The graduation episode, because I got to say goodbye to everybody. The last uh, myself. episode. It wasn't the last. There were ten more, because Tiffany and Elizabeth went. Uh, their contracts were up, and they replaced them with Tory for ten to get their package right. Okay. Uh, the syndication package. But in the rafting trip episode, uh, Mr. Belding's brother comes to school, and he starts getting attention. Mr. Belding gets a little jealous, gets his feelings hurt, whatever. And then privately in his office... Rod Belding says to his brother, Richie, he goes, you know, Richie, I got a date with Inga Olga. I can't go on the rafting trip. And Mr. Belding flat out says, get out of my office. To his brother. Unbeknownst to him, Zach is listening in the hallway. And comes around, and and Zach says, we're not going. And then Mr. Belding comes in and goes, listen, Richie. And he doesn't want to let the kids down with his brother letting them down. So he says he got the flu. Only time I think on the show's run, Mr. Belding lied to him. He covered for his brother. 
But he said, I don't know much about rafting, but if you'll have, I, this is silly, but I just got chills. If you'll have me, I'll take you. And that is the Mr. Belding student relationship. He, whatever he had to do or could do for them, he did. <laughs> and, and even though it was funny some, it, deep down he loved all those kids. <laughs> and that's the moral. Yeah, to me. <laughs> what was Mr. Belding's first name? Richard. Richard Dick, Belding. B- Dick Belding. <laughs> Believe me, I've de- there's a band called the Beldings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on, man. Dude, you can make a living for years just going to conventions. Uh, I've done a few things. You know like what I mean? Hey, listen, you're, you're Dick Belding, Mr. Belding, but you're Dennis Haskins, and it's great to have you, man. Hey, you're and you're I'm your guy. friend. I'm glad to And know. remember, we're going to get you on Dancing with yeah, the Stars. Yeah, man. Let's make it happen. Hey, I'll, right. I'll do my best to represent. I might make four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks to Dennis Haskins, a.k.a. Mr. Belding, from Saved by the Bell. Something else I showed him once he got to the studio in Beverly Hills after the great conversation we had was the True Car app. I told him that if his car was given that much trouble, he should just dump it, ditch it, and download the True Car app to get a new car. True Car and the True Car mobile app make buying a car easy and fast. You can download the True Car app and take care of your car buying without spending hours and hours at dealerships looking for the perfect car than haggling over the price. I hate negotiating with dealers about car prices not good at it a lot of pressure a lot of stress you got to do it and i don't want to do that i don't want to feel like i got ripped off and that's where the true car app comes in you download it in five minutes you create the car you want you choose the make model special features and even the color and once you have your specs filled out you see what others paid for the same car and when i say others i mean people who actually live in the same zip code as you then you lock in the guaranteed savings from true car certified dealers in your area an average you save over three grand off msr that's a lot of money. Let's make a smart use of your mobile smartphone. They've got an app for everything these days. All right, how many actually save you that much money? $3,000, you kidding me? Imagine what you can do with the money and the time. It's summertime, people. I think a lot of things you can do with a spare afternoon and an extra three grand lying around. Come see Fozzie in Heavy Montreal. Come see Jericho on the WWE uh, YTJ Summer Tour. Buy a new giant flat screen TV so you can watch Tough Enough, the brand new Tough Enough on the USA Network. How about Saved by the Bell on reruns or on DVD? Come on, man. And do the smart thing. Download the True Car app now. Save time, save money, save us Y2J, and never overpay. Download the True Car app and do it today. All right. Like I said earlier, still a few more dates on the Y2J WWE Summer Tour. This Friday night, July 31st, San Diego. First, Ontario, California. Second, Fresno. 15, Detroit, Rock City. 21st, Bridgeport, Connecticut. 29, San Juan, Puerto Rico. 30, Tallahassee, Florida. And once again, the fall tour, Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, Rochester, Syracuse, Trenton, Madison Square Garden for my 25th anniversary, Worcester, St. Louis, Bloomington, Merida, Mexico City, Monterey, Mexico. And then don't forget about the Festival of Friends in Hamilton, August 8th, Heavy Montreal, August 9th, the Kiss Cruise to Jamaica, October 30th, and then November 14th, we head back to the UK and Europe with Nonpoint and Sumo Psycho. They're coming along for our shows in Hamburg, Berlin, Cologne, Reading, London, Manchester, Birmingham, Newcastle, Sheffield, so many shows. Go to FozzyRock.com. All the 411 on tickets and VIPs. Come rock with us. So much stuff to plug. Uh, I want to thank you guys for being here for free for twice a week. And thanks to the sponsors who uh, make this all possible. Burger King, DDP Yoga, True Car, Uber, and Amazon. Don't forget, go to the TIJ Amazon links. Go to PodcastOne.com. Click on the Supporter Shows banner at the top of the page. Page. Pagey-wagey, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. Links for Amazon USA, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada. A, go buy whatever you want. Go buy Saved by the Bell on DVD. How about Nick Aldis's book, Magnus, the Superstar Body. Randy Bly's new book, Dark Days. Daniel Bryan's new book, Yes, uh, whatever that's called, the, the Yes book. <laughs> Go buy it. Go check it out. It's a great book. Uh, Blackville Brides DVD, Alive and Burning. So much stuff. Just go to podcastone.com. Click on the Sport of Sponsors banner at the top of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. All right. Thank you so much for being here. And on Friday, I've got making uh, well his, pod, his podcast debut here on TIJ. Mark Henry will be here. 19 years in the WWE, all the trials and tribulations he's faced, the ups and downs. What a great interview, and I expect you will join me like you do every week. Stay hard, stay hungry, stay heavy, and a big yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. 